Yo guys, what's up? Welcome back to another Q&A episode. Um, as I always do, I ask in the Facebook community group um, if there's always like a weekly Q&A going on there. Uh, so if you have questions, make sure to become a part of that group. The link should be down in the subscription. Um, but this is the place where like almost, I think 800 plus DJs, producers, all kinds of people from the music industry, they all came together into this group, uh, communicate with each other, tips, tricks, valuable videos, whatever, everything, everything's being shared there. Um, I just think it's a great, uh, it's something great that yeah, a lot of people built in the last year. So if you would like to become a part of that community, uh, make sure to go to my Facebook page and join the artist coaching community because that's the place where you can also ask me anything every week. Uh, this video is for the answers on uh, last two episodes, like last two Q&A's. Um, let's start with the question from Jess Lucio. How, have you ever been to Winter Music Conference in Miami? I wonder how it compares to ADE. Wondering, what you, uh, wondering doing what you said about ADE in that you don't necessarily need to buy a ticket to the conference, just be in the area. Uh, yes, I've been to the Winter Music Conference. Um, I must say it wasn't what I expected it to be. Maybe that's because I'm kind of spoiled because we have the Amsterdam Dance event right here, which is really well organized and which is really big. Um, so I was kind of... <coughs> sorry. I was kind of surprised to see that the Winter Music Conference wasn't that big, actually. I, I had a panel to do there. I think it was in 2013 or 14. Uh, I had to sit in a panel and it was really small, there were like two to three rooms and that was it, you know, like just a few uh, brands showing their new latest um, gear and that was about it. So to me, the Winter Music Conference wasn't a really great experience and to be honest, I'm not really sure if it still exists. Um, but yeah, you should dive into that. Regarding ADE, um, Yes, I still back that up as in I wouldn't necessarily focus on buying a ticket uh, because then you have access to the seminars and stuff and that's great but that's also something you can do during the whole year because there's a lot of seminars online. You can watch talks from me but also from other people t telling you stuff about the music industry. I don't think that should be the reason why you visit Amsterdam Dance Event. I think the reason why you visit the Amsterdam Dance Event is to set up your network. Because this is a really unique moment in the year where everyone from the music industry, at least a lot of people of course, from all over the world fly into Amsterdam and like walk around on two square kilometers, you know. So it's, it's like you run into a lot of people and it's the, the best option to network with people. So especially if you're from another country flying in for ADE, I would definitely recommend to do that instead of going to the seminars because I think that's not the most effective way to spend your time here. Uh, and aside from that, you save up some money, of course. Another question that came in is from Kyriakos. Um, he says a lot of people that nowadays, uh, in order to grow your career, have to release music in multiple genres like Martin Garrix did. Should a producer release mainstream music for radios between his festival tunes in order to be heard more and grow up his career? Well, Kyriakos, that's an interesting point you're touching there. To me, I think, especially if you're beginning, if you're not at the level where Martin Garrix is right now, if you're starting out and if you have a look at Martin Garrix, uh, the beginning of his career, he focused on one sound only. 
like one thing you do over and over again. Why? Because you've created some kind of expect level of expectation. The fans that you've created are expecting to hear the same thing as you've released before. And if they hear something else, there is a big chance that you might lose them because they become a fan because you, let's say, release an EDM song. And then when you come with a trap song, that might be confusing to them. So staying um, on one genre is definitely something I can recommend, at least when you're like a beginning or like middle uh, artist. Like if you're still working toward that towards that top, that's definitely something I can recommend. Once you're at a higher level, like Martin Garrix, like Hartwell, like Chainsmokers, that's where you can say like, okay, now I have the attention. Now I'm, I'm at that level where I can say, I'm going to try other stuff. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't recommend it for you. Uh, but let's say you're at a higher level, that might be an option. Stern Real says, what's the best way to get in contact with singers? Is there any platform for that? Um, well, this seems to be one of the biggest problems that a lot of producers have these days. Um, I do know a company called Vocal Kitchen. I actually did um, um, an interview with them, like a call. You can find it on, uh, on uh, YouTube or Facebook if you want to. Uh, they will tell you more about how they work. But what they actually do is they are the middleman between you and a lot of talented singers and songwriters. So you have the opportunity to just reach out to them and say like, hey, I have this track and I want a male vocal on it or a female vocal on it. And um, the, the thing is you do have to pay for it because it's a service, of course. But that at least then you know you, you get like quality stuff. To me, that's the only company I actually know uh, which does a service like that i don't know any website and yeah of course you can get a lot of royalty free stuff on um uh, on, on splice but also in a lot of forms and stuff if that's something you would like to sure there's a lot of stuff to get but if you want uh, like custom-made vocals i would recommend going to vocal kitchen and otherwise going on soundcloud finding uh, like that hidden vocalist that that hasn't been uh, discovered yet and try to con contact him, try to network with him and see if you can arrange something. Uh, especially if that singer is also at a starting level of his career, he might be interested to work with you because you just give him the instrumental and he will give you his vocal. So it's a win-win for both teams actually. Uh, but that's a more hand-to-hand -hand combat game that will take a lot more time um, and sometimes you don't have that time. So if you want to buy time and want to make sure you have a vocal quick, uh, and want to invest some money, I would go over to Vocal Kitchen and see um, if you can get something there. Um, yeah, that were, those were the questions from this week. Like I said, if you're listening or watching right now and you have a question or you would like to become a part of the RS Coaching community group, don't hesitate, go over to my Facebook page slash Joey and um, yeah, click the button to join. You're, you're welcome and like I said, there's over 800 people there. Um, waiting to, to get to know you, to listen to your music, to share the knowledge with you. So uh, it's a great place for every artist, I guess. Um, regarding me, do I have any updates? Yeah, I actually finished a new song and I'm thinking about releasing it. So uh, you might see a new track coming by. I'm not getting started as an artist again. I just like making music every now and then and uh, a track came out of it so uh, yeah why not release it you know so I'll probably put it out there you'll see it um, on the platforms and I think I'm gonna give it away for free for all the DJs who would like to play it as well so 
Thanks, guys, for watching this video, listening to this podcast, uh, wherever you're listening or wherever you're at right now. I really appreciate you guys supporting me and, uh, yeah, coming back to uh, watch these videos or listening to this podcast every time. I'll see you guys next week with new answers to your questions. Bye.